It's now time for On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson. The conversation will range from local dialogue to international. This show is meant to enlighten, inform, and to inspire. On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson begins now. Hello and welcome to On the Line. I'm your host, Cheryl Wilkerson. Sunday morning, 11 o'clock, one of my favorite times of the day. I thank you all for joining us. And today I have a very special lady on the line with me. She's going to talk to us about some events that she has taking place. And you're going to get all excited and you're going to go out and support. And she's also going to tell us about some other things going on with her as well. So we say hello and good morning to Pastor Janine Macbeth. She, of course, of Calvary Revival Church. How are you, Pastor? I am doing well, Cheryl. I am so glad that I had this opportunity to be able to share with you all this morning. <laughs> well, we're going to cover a whole lot of things, but uh, you have an important event that's coming up. And of course, we want to talk about that. But, you know, first things first, we were chatting <laughs> a little bit before we went on the air. And you have <laughs> how many grandbabies? Well, we have now six grandbabies. We had, first of all, we had five boys. And now we finally got a girl. So now we have six grandchildren. <laughs> oh, my. So five. That's a nation. That's a nation. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But the girls are coming up from the rear right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> that is such a blessing to have those little people in your lives. And, you know, they will it tell is. stories about uh, the students that I have now in Norfolk State. They often tell me stories. They're like, uh, my grandmother or my granny or whatever they call her, you know, used right. to say so-and-so or tells me so-and-so. And they they remember those things. That, of course, they remember what their parents have told them, too. But it's something extra special, Pastor, so about true. those grandmothers and those grandfathers. That is so true, Cheryl. So true. <laughs> wow, that's wonderful. So Calvary Revival Church has been a staple in this area for how many yes. years? Has it been 35 what? 30 it's thir- we're celebrating 33 years this month yes well happy anniversary well thank you <laughs> thank and you and how is your husband doing he's doing well uh he's uh moving about as usual mm-hmm. but he's doing really good <laughs> well please give him our blessings this morning and thank we you sure all will. <laughs> for all you all have done for this community for these 33 years we do appreciate it you are not one to sit down on your laurels either, young lady. You've got some things no. going on out in this no. community. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I'm excited because um, the House of Esther, as you all know, is a baby and dream. And uh, this year we will be celebrating 20 years <laughs> that we have been serving our community. The House of Esther has been serving the community now for 20 years. And we are so excited. <laughs> well, let's dig deeper. What exactly is the House of Esther? The House of Esther is a a place where um, single moms uh, can bring their child to a transitional home where they can be in a program for 12 months to a year where they get an opportunity to be able to learn how to care for their child, care for themselves. Uh, we help them get a job. We help after they finish the program, we try to put them in a place where they can live on their own in their own apartment. We also have a GED program that is uh, on campus. Uh, we also have a GED program that's online. So we're trying to meet people all the way around, not just putting them in a home, but making sure that they're sustainable in society as well. And where did the idea come from? 
came from, uh, it's so funny, Cheryl, it came from years ago, uh, just being in my house with my children, because I have five children, Mm -hmm. and uh, being in my house and folding clothes and looking out my window and looking at all the land and all of a sudden dropping in my heart was the opportunity to be able to help young women that find themselves in a crisis pregnancy. I'm originally from the projects of Boston, and, um, and I saw so many girls, young women, that have gone through so much, uh, needing help and trying to find a place of hope. And, uh, and I was in my house folding those clothes, and something just said, this is going to be a place for them, this house that I'm living in now. And, um, and we decided to move. I told my husband we decided to move. And out of that home, we were able to bring in young girls who found themselves in a crisis pregnancy. They were like 14, 15-year-olds who needed a place uh, to come to. And our home was turned into a crisis maternity home. And, you know, there are people listening out there, and they might have a similar vision or a different vision altogether. But it's something with providing something for the community. But... Pastor, they may not know how or where to start. Can you share some well, nuggets of yeah, how, yeah, how well, one might what do I, Right. What you have to do is that you have, first you've got to have the dream and the passion. And, um, and I know that's what I had. I had the dream and the passion because that's what's going to help you to get through some of the obstacles that you face. Because I did have some obstacles uh, from the city. Um, you know, trying to find a, find a place where I could house these young women because uh, some of the community members did not want me to have this kind of house. Um, they didn't want those, they, what they said, they didn't want those kind of girls in their neighborhood. And um, so I had to kind of fight the city and some civic leagues uh, in order to have this house. But I surrounded myself with a committee of people, lawyers and doctors and people that could help me mm-hmm. uh, to pursue this dream and to be able to uh, really know how to litigate against uh, the uh, civic leagues and those who were within the community. So you've got to get yourself, you've got to have a dream. And then secondly, you've got to be able to pursue uh, with the right people around you, pursue your dream with those people. Were you surprised that there were people that actually opposed you helping people? Was that a surprise? I was totally surprised, Cheryl. Uh, okay, let me tell you the story. That I was in the grocery store. I was in Food Lion, mm-hmm. and I was on the aisle trying to get my groceries, and they were on the aisle over next to me, and um, they were meeting right there. It was a, a four of them meeting right there, talking about my house, <laughs> talking about what I wanted to do. And it was shocking because I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. And uh, they're talking, and that's when I heard them. They said, we don't need those kind of people <gasps> in our neighborhood. We are God-fearing people, and we don't need – and I'm thinking – how could you be God-fearing and you don't want Ooh. people who need help uh, in your community? At that point, Cheryl, it took all of me of not wanting to take a can of baked beans and throw <laughs> it over the counter. <laughs> and they but, had no so idea had who to, you were. I No, they didn't even know who I was. Oh, they didn't know who I was at all. No, not at all. And um, But, you know, I, I found out, though, um, you know, there was there was a lot going on in the area and um and they just in where the house was was on a street in in 
Chesapeake, where you really couldn't be walking up and down the street anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had some problems anyway. and uh, But they didn't really know much about who we were. They just figured it was going to be somewhere where they, because I had to rezone. And uh, so I had to figure out another way to zone it so that they couldn't fight me um, because they just didn't want those kind of girls in the neighborhood, they said. Well, you know, you telling that story, it just reminds me of the wisdom of my mother because she would give us nuggets all the time. And one of the nuggets was, I remember being in the dressing room with her as a young person, maybe 11, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And we would start talking and she would say, shh. And it's like, mom, what's wrong? She's like, you don't know who's in the stall next to you. <laughs> you <know? Right>. like, <laughs> mom, well, you know, whatever. But to this day, I always carry that in that story. You just That's gave right. us a prime example of my mom's wisdom right there. That's right. That's right. But I was so glad I was able to hear yes. uh, Cheryl, because then I would, I needed to know how to restructure and re-strategize what I needed to do. Right. That really did work mm-hmm. out in your favor. Mm-hmm. And so it from did. the time you thought this in your head, folding those clothes until it actually became a reality was how long? Oh, my. We started that. We didn't start the house until 2000. Um, and that was when I pulled my committee and stuff together. I didn't get my first girl to 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, that's that dream had been in my heart. Uh, since I was a little girl, oh. um, more or less by a teenager. My, I, at the age of 14, I rescued my brother, uh, which who we adopted, uh, who was my nephew, who we adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom adopted. What happened is that at four, age 14, I was in the house of my sister-in-law then, and I heard a baby, and she told me I didn't hear a baby. I said, I did hear a baby. And I went into the room, and my brother was curled up in a in the corner of a crib in a dark room. She had put him in there to die. And I oh, took that she... baby out of that room mm-hmm. and brought him to my mom and told him that I found the baby and that it was my nephew. And uh, to... You know, my mom then went ahead and adopted the baby. But from then, I knew at the age of 14 that that was put in my heart. My mission was to rescue babies. And you did it. I mean, and you started early. Yes, yes, at the age of 14. That's right. (laughs) Yep. And at my, you know, back then, I just knew I needed to bring this baby to my mom. And this baby needed help. And, you know, the baby needed to live. Right. And uh, from there, that passion just grew in my heart. Now, let me ask you this. When you said your mom adopted the baby, did she formally adopt the baby? Yeah, she got full custody of the okay. of the child. Okay. Okay. Yeah, she got full custody of the child because my, um, my former uh, sister-in-law had moved away, just left oh. and deserted the baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I ask that because, you know, a lot of times within the black community, we we adopt and we take in and all. We don't do it formally, but we take care no, of our babies. No. I remember having to go to the court and everything as mm-hmm. a sister, you know, for, uh, a soon-to-be sister. The family had to go. So, yeah, she, she formally adopted him. Yeah. What a beautiful <laughs> story. I love that. If you're mm-hmm. just joining us, well, where have you been? I'm talking to Pastor Janine Macbeth. She has got a big event that's coming up, and we're just telling the backstory about how this event came to be. And uh, the event, let's talk more now about the event and yes. Run for Hope Festival 2023. Yes. 
and it is on Sunday, July 30th. And uh, we're so excited. This is our second time doing this uh, Hope Festival. And uh, we're collabing with uh, CRC and Revive 757 Community and Hot 91. And so we're so excited uh, to do this again. And um, it's from 8 o'clock in the morning to 2. We have a 5K race. We have a -a walk-a-thon for the family. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're adding a -a bike-a-thon this time. And uh, we're so excited. Yeah. People are getting into the cycling passage. Yes. We have have races for children. Uh, We'll have a bounce house. We'll have food trucks. And uh, we're so excited. Uh, We'll have a message by uh, Bishop McBath. He'll uh, lead us off with a message. And uh, then a message to the community. And then we'll have some local music, um, musical artists that will be with us. And a Grammy award-winning artist, Major, will be kicking us off. (laughs) It sounds like the place to be. If someone missed the date, it's Sunday, July 30th. July 30th, Mm -hmm. from 8 to 2 p.m. So what do people have to do to prepare? Do they have to go online and register? Do they have to show up at a certain time? How do people uh, prepare yes, for this? Yes, they would need to register online if they're going to be a part of the walk and the run. Everything else is free, but they'll just have to register for the walk and the run. So they'll just need to go online and register at org. Now tell us, what would a successful day look like to you, Pastor? A successful day to me would be that everybody would crowd that place mm-hmm. and uh, so that they can understand what House of Esther actually does in serving its community. Uh, we will have, like I said, we'll have so many artists, but we'll also have vendors there. We'll have some local organizations that meet the needs of women uh, that will be there. And uh, we'll share testimonies of our, some of our girls that have graduated um, oh, out of the nice. House of Esther. Yeah, they'll be sharing. Now their children are grown and uh, they're getting out of high school. And, it, you know, so they get a chance to see what the House of Esther has been doing over the last 20 years. And I think it's great that families can go and children can see how we help one another. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. You know, you're not a man on an island. We all need to work for each other and help each other out. out. And I think at a nice family event like that, hopefully that message will be carried through. That's right. And that's why we have the local organization, Cheryl, so that people understand I'm not out here on my own. I need something from the other organizations. The other organizations need something from me. We help one another. If I can't house everybody, I can pass them on to somebody else. Uh, So it's so good to have these other local organizations a part uh, of this day. And so we're excited about that. And we want our goal is really to gain monthly hope dealers uh, that are able to uh, partner with us every month for our program. We want them to be a part uh, of this uh, organization. It's something that everybody can get involved with. And it's something that I'm sure people that are involved with it walk around and they just feel good. They just feel good knowing that they did good, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. And, you know, when you come out there and you see women and children and families and they're having fun and, you know, the music, because we got a DJ and the people are just excited. You know, and we've been in a pandemic. So, yes. you know, coming out of a pandemic and being able to come out and just be around each other and just be able to talk to people and be in an, you know, an environment that is exciting. Oh, man, that does a lot for a community. 
We're talking about the Run for Hope Festival. It's coming up July the 30th, and yes, you can be a part of it. I'll let Pastor Janine give you that uh, uh, social media handle later, but I want to ask you this. So the day, we're already claiming that it's going to be a huge success. So how does that translate into success for the House of Esther? Do you have specific plans or... Just well, over- yeah. What I want, yeah. What I want to do, Cheryl, is out of this for the House of Esther. Again, I want to be able uh, to get people to be a part as a hope dealer. That is our, our tag: is um, hope trafficking, and mm-hmm. um, and to become a hope dealer and to be able to partner with us. And you know, we need volunteers. We need people who want to volunteer and be a part. So we're hoping that while they're out there, they get a chance to visit our tent where we'll be set up set up out there and they come and hear what we do and looking for them to be a part. And uh, so anything they can do, we accept. (laughs) And what exactly a hope dealer. So what are some of the volunteer um, activities? What do you need help with? Well, see, what happens is when throughout the year, we have other events as well throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hope Festival is our major one, but we do other things throughout the year. And uh, so we try to get our volunteers to be a part of all the things that we do mm-hmm. throughout the year, not just at the Hope Festival, but throughout the year, taking, helping with uh, some of our girls, you know, being able to come to the home, the transition home, teaching them some crafts or teaching mm-hmm. them some things, you know, learning a trade, uh, even on when we have an online, I mean, the on-campus um, GED program, we have resources. So they come in and they teach uh, our girls or our guys, because on campus, we have girls and guys oh, you in the do? GED program. Oh, yeah, we do girls and guys on the online and GED program. So they get an opportunity to meet people in the trades that they offer, uh, business women and businessmen. They come in and they teach them and how to do a resume, all kind of stuff, to mm-hmm. get them ready for society. Uh, We also use our online program in the Norfolk Sheriff's Office. We've graduated men and women from behind bars. (laughs) And we're excited about that. Yes, uh, we've done that now for the last year and a half. And we're so excited because we've got graduates who have graduated from using our online program. That is awesome. And how generally, how do people find out about it? How, How are you getting that word out? Well, we get it out through our website, but many mm-hmm. of them have found us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we do have hotlines that are out there, so people know us through a hotline. But, again, it's by word of mouth, Cheryl. People find out what we're doing. They check our website. Uh, through the Nor- Norfolk Sheriff's Office, that just came out of nowhere. <laughs> that just wow. came out of nowhere. And they wanted to partner with us, and so we did this partnership with them, and uh, it has been successful. This is amazing. This is mm-hmm. really amazing. I cannot mm-hmm. imagine what's going to happen in the next 20 years. <laughs> I am so excited. I, 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 I'm just floored already. I, I mean, it, the 20 years has been kind of fast to mm-hmm. me, but I am just floored at all that God has done thus far. And, uh, and I'm just looking forward to all the things that is yet to be, you know, there's so many people that are in need uh, of just hope. You know, yeah. just having somebody to help them walk through a certain time in their lives and uh, and knowing that they are still valuable and they still have worth. And uh, and so, you know, I'm excited about it. Yeah, you should be. So just for a few minutes, can you tell us how things are going at Calvary Revival Church? Um, you know, it is one of the <laughs> premier churches in the area. 
People love their church. Oh, we they talk about it. this church. And like I said, it has been vital to the community. So talk to us a few minutes about that. There might be some people listening, you know, people this time of the year in and out of town. Somebody listening might say, mm, I might want to well, come there one time. Well, we would love to have them. Uh, right now, Calvary is just doing fine. Again, this is our 33rd year mm. uh, in uh, ministry here in this area, and we are super excited about what God has been doing. People have been getting uh, saved. They have been coming to our church. They've been baptized. Young people are doing great. Uh, people are learning a lot about themselves. They're mm. growing, and we are so excited about that. And, um, you know, we're going to have something called uh, Summer Home. And that is on the 22nd uh, of July. And uh, it's an opportunity for us to continue to reach out to our community because we reach out to our community every single week. We feed over a thousand people a week. And uh, so they uh, we're doing this thing called Summer Homies on July 22nd out in our parking lot. And so we'll have vendors out there. There'll be food trucks. There'll be giveaways. There'll be clothing giveaways, food being given away. And it's all free. Mm. (laughs) All free. It's all free. And uh, so we're, again, going to expand uh, reaching out to our community. So we're super excited about that. It is so nice to see that there are churches that go beyond the walls because, you know, some people actually have a hang up about that. But all they have to do is open their eyes and look. And Calvary Revival is a perfect example of being outside of the church walls. And I mean, on a consistent basis. Right. Right, right, you know. right, right. We, if we're going to serve, you can't, I mean, it's good to serve the people in-house, you know, but you serve them and teach them so that they can teach others outside of those walls. Mm-hmm. And so there's no need about staying inside of there and just getting fat, <laughs> or, or, you know, just get being fat Christians. We need to go outside the walls. And so we can go ahead and give out the, all the food that we have been given, the spiritual food that we have been given. We're able to give that out to others. And Pastor Janine, just let me ask you this. I saw an article the other day and it was saying that basically the article was talking about that churches, black, white, all churches are having trouble keeping younger people coming to church. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. Do you believe that to be true? And if you do, what do you think some contributing factors might be? Well, yeah, there is some, I think there are some places where uh, the young people have had struggles uh, coming to church. Mm-hmm. We haven't found that at Calvary. <laughs> um, you know, mm-hmm. we are inundated with children and uh, young men and young women, uh, even young adults uh, that come on a regular basis. They get involved. I think, too, is having something where they can get involved uh, in the local oh, church. And yeah. uh, and I think that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it cannot just be just for uh, baby boomers. It has to be something where there's a bridge where the younger and the baby boomers are connecting together and uh, doing something um, within the four walls. So I think that's important is that you have something to offer them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, young people today, uh, they're about causes, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, they're, they're very involved in causes and meeting needs. And so if your church is not doesn't have an outreach and they're not reaching out, then that's probably not a place where they want to come to. They right. want to come to a place where they can connect, where we are reaching out to the community and meeting needs and uh, really just pushing forth in causes. Yeah, that, that, that does make sense. They want to feel like they're included. Yeah, 
Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. And if you yeah. get them, and use them in your use them in your leadership. Use them on your staff. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing that is, is is so funny is that we'll send somebody in the military to fight for our, our country at the age of eighteen, but we won't use them in our leadership in our church. <laughs> Why is Isn't that? that? Something? I don't understand that. I don't know if they can fight for your country. Why can't they lead in your church? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we we try to really uh, move against that stigma and allow young men and young women to be used in in our church. And I firmly believe that, you know, working at North State University, we work with these students, some of them undergrad, some of them are in the master's program. But yes. They keep me young and I keep yes. them. I don't know what the word is, but, yes. you know, we, we, we help each other. We teach each other. How about that? That's right. That's right, Cheryl. That's and that right. same thing can go on within the walls of the church, right? That's right. That is so true. That is so true. I, I find I find so much joy being around them because I learn as much as I give to them. But I learn, too. You know, I enter into their world Mm -hmm. and find out what they're thinking about. What do they what do they like? What do they like to do? And it encourages me, too. And it keeps that does keep us young, Cheryl. It It does. does. (laughs) It really does. My grandson, what did he say to me the other day? Something he said to me. I forgot what it was, but I said, excuse me. He was like, oh, I didn't know you were going to know what that was. (laughs) I know. I know. My kids always tease me. They always say, okay, now, Mom, if you're going to use this, this is how you use this it. Is how oh, you I got to make sure it. I use it right. That's right. <laughs> so we have had a great time this morning. Oh, My guest, yes, this Pastor is Janine Macbeth of Calvary Revival Church, and she is doing big things once again. Please run down about this wonderful event that's coming up July the 30th. This is our Hope Festival, our second year, which is on Sunday, July 30th. Uh, You want to be there. It's from 8 to 2 p.m. There's going to be a lot of things going on. There's a 5K race. There's a -a walk-a-thon, a -a bike-a-thon, races for children. There's local music artists. And uh, we got Grammy Award winner Major going to be with us. Uh, Local vendors and organizations, you want to be a part of that. All you have to do is register for the Walk and the Run at H-O-E-O.org. Everything else is free, but you want to be a part of this event. You don't want to miss it. Bring a friend. Bring a lawn chair. Just sit, have fun, do the Mm -hmm. line dance. Just have fun. (laughs) That's right. And you mentioned earlier where people can go to find out more information. Yes, that's H-O-E-O.org. That's House of Esther organization, H-O-E-O.org. That sounds like it's so exciting. Now, before I let you go, you have to let us know what time church is at Calvary Revival. <laughs> church, is, <laughs> church is at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. Two and services. you can also stream as well. Yes. Okay, streaming, yeah. And if, for people that are in Richmond, they can catch it on television in Richmond, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. There are lots of ways that you can you can catch out Calvary Revival. So, Pastor Janine, you are the best. You've been rocking it here in Hampton Roads for oh. how long have you been here? It's now I we've been here 33 years. The program House of Esther has been going on for 20. This year will mark 20 years for us. Well, you have been doing it 
as the kids say, doing the darn thing for 33 <laughs> years here in Hampton Roads. And we appreciate the commitment that you have to mankind because oh, it has you. to be in your heart. A lot of people don't yes. have it, but the people that have it, we need to recognize that they have it and thank you because yes. it's not easy when you always have people and that, excuse me, this might come out wrong, but when you always have people coming to you, sometimes you need you need people, you know, that's right. just that's always right, pouring Cheryl. out. That's is, right. Is, that's right. It's overwhelming, I would imagine. So, yeah, yes. you all love on them and love on Calvary Revival Church. And thank you so much for joining me this half an hour. Thank you so much for having me, Cheryl. We had a good time and hugs and kisses to those grandbabies. Thank you. And we look forward to seeing Hot 91 out there because they're going to be out there. Yes, day. yes. <laughs> That is exactly true. Look, this is the best audience in the world. Thank you all for joining us on this Sunday morning. I'm sure Wilkerson, as always, as always, behold the green and gold. Take care. Bye-bye.